every time I get up and dress, she always gets a good laugh. Because being as colorblind as I am, she looks at me and just kind of shakes her head and says, you're not going outside like that today. <laughs> but uh, it's true. It is very much true. I can remember one time when I was up here doing the offering. This was a few years ago. And Zach, who's in the uh, sound booth right now, and Josh Marcou were in the sound booth. And uh, I remember I just had on something that looked ridiculous because I was colorblind. And, and Zach and Josh were up there talking about it. And then Johnny's happened to walk through those doors. And she stopped at the top of those stairs. And she looked at me and she just goes. Because <laughs> I snuck out while she was still asleep that morning. And I thought I had this thing nailed down. But it just didn't happen. I'm excited to minister today. I believe that God has given me a word for you. When Pastor Scott stood outside of my office on, on Tuesday morning and he asked me if I would be interested in ministering, my first thought was, I've done that for so many times. No, probably not. And you know, I didn't say that to him. And I was just kind of debating it in my mind and in my spirit right then. And I felt like the Lord said, I got something I want you to share with the people. And so I told Pastor Scott, yes, I'd be honored to do that, which I am. I'm always honored to stand before you. But I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I've said this many times in the past. When you stand up in this pulpit, especially here at Generations Church with all of our amazing pastors, Pastor Albert and Monica, Pastor Scott and Mel, that's some big shoes to fill. And I always tell God, don't let me mess this up. I want to embarrass my pastors. I don't want to embarrass you. And then Gerald Davis comes in again <laughs> and puts that kind of pressure on me, Brother Gerald. And last time I ministered, he showed up again. And so that just, and they're, they're sitting right up here in the front. And so that'll put extra pressure on you all the time. There you go. <laughs> Brother Gerald, I love you. But, uh, and if it just put, puts extra pressure on you. And so I, I prayed him this morning. I said, Father, don't let me mess up. I don't want to embarrass my pastors. And I didn't think about Brother Gerald being here. If I did, that prayer would have said, Father, please don't let me embarrass Brother Gerald. Brother Gerald, I love you. Glad you're here this morning. But I do have a word that I think God has given to me for this time that we're going through right now. And I call this, I was going to title it The Wilderness. And then talking to John East, and I shared with some of my thoughts with her about this morning, and she said, why don't we call it thriving in the wilderness? And so that is the right way to look at it, thriving in the wilderness. Now, my heart and my thoughts right now are dealing with this COVID, this pandemic thing that we're going through, and then also the way that our nation is so divided right now. And by the way, I just want to say this, Phil, Katie is back there. Phil, thanks for being here. He's going to be registering. If you have not registered to vote, give him a hand back there. But if you have not registered to vote, this selection is so important, and our nation is so divided right now, your voice needs to be heard. And so at the end of this service, uh, Phil would be back there. He's a, he's a register, register. I guess that's the proper term. I don't know exactly. But uh, he can sign you up and get you registered. So that, because I think the 13th of September is the last day, if I'm not mistaken. And so you need to register to vote in this election. You'll have that opportunity at the end of the service. But thinking about the wilderness that we're going through right now, the trying time that we're going through with this COVID, and, and I can remember so clearly when it happened. I mean, I remember when our nation had to shut down. It was on March the 13th. It was a Friday. 
because we were getting ready to do the Kingdom Youth Conference up here starting that very night. And Pastor Scott made the right decision. And it was a hard decision for him and a hard one for me. But he says, I think we need to postpone it. And we certainly know what happened right after that with this COVID thing and the nation shutting down. This is a very trying time for not, not just in America, but all around the world. Economies all around the world have been impacted by this pandemic. And so we focus on it in America and thinking that, it, you know, and how much it's affected us. And in my heart, and there's some young people here today, and I appreciate you being here. Uh, you can't, I spent 30 years in youth ministry here at the church, and I love teenagers, and that's where my heart's at. And I was thinking, those that are here this morning and those that are watching this in the live stream, and I hope, parents, if your teenagers are not there, that you share this message with them later because it's especially hard for young people. This is a hard, hard time. My oldest grandson graduated from high school this year, and he missed out on so many things because of this pandemic, because of COVID-19. He missed out. And I know that there's some young people, even in this room right now, that uh, some of you, you're in school. School is vastly different this year than it has been in the past. There's no doubt about it, if schools are even starting. Some schools are finally going to start this week in our community, and some of them in Conroe have started last week a little bit. But it's a trying time for teenagers. It's a hard time for teenagers. I mean, no one looking at my grandson as he graduated, he missed out on so many things in his senior year. The proms, you know, the homecomings and those kind of things. And that's what these young people are facing. So you need to pray for them and lift them up. But I got a message for them today that God is going to get through, help them get through this wilderness. This will be the best day and the best time and the best year that they ever had. I really believe that with all my heart. If they put their trust and their faith and their confidence in God, this is going to be the best year for them. Now, there might be some things that they feel like that they're missing out on, but God will make that up in different kind of ways if we put our trust and our confidence in Him. So thriving in the wilderness. You know, and, and, it's this, and um, for me personally, it's right now this COVID uh, pandemic and the division of our nation. But there's also a lot of personal wilderness that each and every one of us are going through. And I want you to just focus on those as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about those later as we get into the Word. But if you can put the next uh, uh, slide up there, Stephanie, if you would. My text this morning is from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. And we're only going to have two slides on this, and that's going to be the first three and the last three of that. But I just want to read this to you. In Mark chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. We all need God to prepare a way for us during this time right now in the wilderness that we find ourselves in. And it says in verse 3, A voice, one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord makes straight paths for him. So here's John the Baptist. He's in the wilderness, and he's proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. That is our good news in this, this wilderness that we find ourselves in. 
It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me just read these other verses of Scripture, and then they'll put the, last, the next slide up. But let me read these first. In verse 4, it says, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judea countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And I was thinking about locusts and wild honey. I mean, I've lost a little bit of weight. I need to lose more. And if I eat locusts and wild honey, that's probably it for me. I could probably lose it real fast. But he ate locusts and wild honey. And it says in verse 7, And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and a spirit descending on him like a dove. The next slide, Stephanie. It says in verse 11, And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And at once, look at this, the Spirit sent him into the wilderness. So we find out that John the Baptist is in the wilderness proclaiming the good news. And so we always look at the wilderness as being a bad thing. But I'm going to tell you, it's a good thing if our mind and our faith is on God. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. It is a good thing. It's a hard thing. Anytime we go through any wilderness time, it's hard. But it's a good thing when our faith is on God because He'll get us through that. To prove that, Jesus Christ went into the wilderness to be tempted. And He was in there, it says in verse 13, and He was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And He was with wild animals and the angels attended to him and my my message this morning the next slide stephanie this message is about enduring personal trials and tribulation in our own personal wilderness so you can think about this COVID 19 this pandemic and you could think about a nation that and i'm 72 years old now i know i don't look that old but i'm 72 years old and johnny tells me all the time i don't act my age and so i don't but uh, that's between her and I, and I'm trying to work on that. But I'm 72 years old. I can tell you that I've never seen our nation this divided before. I've never seen it so divided. And I can tell you, I've never seen our nation shut down like it has because of this COVID thing. This is a trying time. As I mentioned for young people, it is really a stressful time. I was reading some statistics about a month ago from the CDC putting it out that young people, and they said, I think if I remember the age, they said between 14 and 29 years old, in the year 2020, right in the middle of this, this uh, pandemic, that young people, the suicide rate for young people has increased so much that it surpasses all of the deaths associated with COVID-19. That the, not only is the suicide rate up in young people because they feel lonely, they feel depressed, they feel a lot of times like they're missing out on so much. And so they just, they, they just kind of open up themselves and just get out there and they commit suicide. And not only is suicide a problem for that 14 to 29-year-old age group, 
but it's also addictions, drug addictions, alcohol addictions have increased so much this year because of the COVID, I believe because of COVID-19. Young people need to be in social gatherings. And when you tell them that they can't meet in school and they can't do these kind of things, then that's, that's, a, that's like a death sentence to a lot of them because they are social people and they need to be in social gatherings. And so when you look at this, you know, the, the message that I have this morning is that the tribulations and our personal wilderness, it could be a good thing. It's a trying thing, but God can give us victory and power to get through it. A definition of a wilderness. It says, a wild and uncultivated region as of a forest or a desert, uninhabited, inhabited only by wild animals, a tract of wasteland. I like this last definition, and this is from Webster. It says, any desolate place. Any desolate place. Our wilderness that we are going through, whether it be the COVID thing or some personal things that's going on in your life, it might be a loved one that is sick, it might be a loved one that, that has died over this COVID thing. And I'm not here today to, to tell you this COVID thing is not real. That, you know, I'm here to tell you that it's real enough that we've shut down this nation. I'm here to tell you that there has been some deaths over COVID-19. I'm not going to tell you if it's the worst thing in the world. I don't know. That's not my, what my message is all about. My message is that we find ourselves in this wilderness right now. And my message is that there's a message of hope. God can and will get us through this. The good news begins, just like with John the Baptist. The good news begins in a dry, desolated place inhabited by wild beasts and demons. So when you think about the wilderness, what is your wilderness that you're going through today? I want you to be thinking about that because at the end of this message, we're going to have a time of prayer for that so that you can recognize that you're not in this alone. God is with you, and God will always be with you. The good news, like I said, begins in a dry, desolate place inhabited by wild beasts and demons. The promise of salvation, look at this, the promise of salvation starts in a place that is lonely, disorderly, and dangerous as well. Stephanie, the next slide, if you would, please. Good news begins in the midst of trouble, tribulation, and torment. This COVID-19 thing has showed that so much. Churches have been affected. Now, let me, I tell you, I did a lot of some research, too. Even before COVID, churches were beginning to lose people. We were beginning to lose people. They were not necessarily abandoning their faith in God, but they were abandoning the churches. Churches were beginning to dwindle down in people coming in because, you know, just because of the different things going on in their life. And then when COVID-19 happened, this pandemic hit, churches really began to tumble. There was a study just recently that, that one in five churches will not open up after COVID-19. People have abandoned the church. The assembling of themselves together, as God's word tells us to do, they've abandoned that. You know, when we first, uh, when all the churches first went online, when COVID-19 happened, and all the churches had to shut down, and we couldn't meet for a while due to, to the government regulations, which was, I think, the right thing to do at the time, because we can get a handle on this and see what was going on. And this, that's not a measure of your faith. Our faith says we, we can meet, and we believe that God will keep us protected. And I believe that with all my heart that that's true, but it was the right thing to do at that time to shut down and just kind of reevaluate where we are and, and do some things to, to open up. But I can tell you that, you know, that churches, 
you know, that one in five, you know, the, the finances have, have really dwindled in churches. And that's one reason one in five are not going to open up back when churches are able to start meeting again. And I praise God in Texas, we can meet face to face, but in some parts of the country, they can't. But in Texas, we can. But there's a lot of people that just, and even online, online started increasing greatly when people, that was the only way that they could go to church was online. But then we see that beginning to dwindle back down where people just get more involved and say, well, I can spend a Sunday doing this or I can spend my time doing that and I can catch it later. And I praise God our online viewership is up still. And I, we praise God that during the week we have a lot of people that still watch the, you know, the, uh, the, the message and, and take in the podcast as it should. But new, good news begins in the midst of this trouble and this tribulation that we're going through. There is good news. And I'm going to share a little bit about some great things that I know that are happening even during this, this COVID time. What seems to be a negative is a vehicle for the positive to occur. It can be, and it should be, a vehicle for the positive to occur. Let me just explain that a little bit. Brother Gerald, thank you for that, amen, because it's true. This can be a vehicle for the positive to occur. We're locked down. But it doesn't mean our voices are locked down. It doesn't mean our phones are locked down. It doesn't mean that we can't text somebody and say, hey, I'm praying for you. I know you're going through a trying time. I know this is really rough right now. But I'm praying for you. And I believe in God for you. And I'm believing for a miracle in your life. That's the vehicle of something positive. And I can I'll just share one of the testimonies. There's uh, just recently, I think I'm saying this worship leader's name right, Sean Fitchu, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Some of you probably have seen it on, if you saw my Facebook post, you've probably seen it. But he's been going around this nation. He started out in California. Churches can't meet face-to-face -face in California. And so they started having outside revival services in beaches. Hundreds, thousands are coming in. Many, many first-time uh, conversions to Jesus Christ. There was many of those, and a lot of people rededicated their lives. They went from California, they went up into uh, the Portland area, into, into, into Washington. This last week, they were in New York City. They held a revival outside in New York City, all outside events, nothing inside. They held a revival, just a worship time, and a time of, of prayer, and a time of sharing the word. But they had some messages, some revivals in New York City. 29 people got baptized in one of the, uh, you know, the, the community fountains right there. 29 people. People are coming to know Jesus Christ during this pandemic because who else are they going to rely upon? They know that in their own self, they can't get through this thing. And so they have to put their trust and their confidence in God. And I, I, was, if, if you follow what's happening in Iran right now with Muslims, you know, there's a, a, an organization, they have a HOPE conference coming up on, in, uh, in Sept on September the 10th, actually, in America. But these people witnessed to, to, I, to the Muslims in Iran. And I was watching some videos of how Jesus Christ, the message of Jesus Christ and the message of HOPE is beginning to go throughout all of the Muslims. Because as the Muslims are recognizing, especially the younger people, are beginning to recognize that that's not something that's real. That religion is not something that's real. What is real 
is having a relationship with Jesus Christ because we know what he did for us. And so that's what's real. And so there are thousands of Muslims abandoning the Muslim religion and coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ in Iran and other places. So there is a vehicle for the positive to occur any wilderness that you're going through. What seems to be a mess is actually an opportunity for a miracle to occur. Can I give you amazing testimony? When this pandemic first hit, early March, mid-March, and I remember that uh, you know, we got a great prayer group that goes around here at Generations Church, and we put out prayer requests. But there was a prayer request, and, and Francine and Wayne are not here this morning. But there was a prayer request, and it was Francine's grandmother. I think she's up in, in, in lived in Washington State, Seattle area. And she's in a nursing home up there. She came down with COVID-19. I think she's in her 90s, if I'm not mistaken. She was in her 90s. And so we began to pray for her. And that was not just us. There was other people around this nation, I'm sure, praying for. But we began to pray and intercede for her. And all of a sudden, we started getting reports that she made it through another day. You know, and the doctors were amazed. And she made it through another day. And she made it through another day. And then we got, finally got the report that she is completely clear of COVID-19. There is victory during all of this mess that we see that's going on. And it depends on our attitude and what we want to make out of it. And that's the good news begins in the wilderness. You know, when you think about John the Baptist and what he was preaching in the wilderness, you know, and the truth be told that, you know, there's a lot of us believers right now that are going through things. And, you know, some of the things that I was talking about is that your personal wilderness, and I, I'm going to come back to John the Baptist in a second, but your personal wilderness, it may be a dying family member. It might be a, a wayward child that you're praying for. These are some personal wilderness that you might be going through. It might be a spouse that is unfaithful. Might be some financial problems. We know that the COVID thing and the pandemic has caused a lot of financial stress on people. That's one reason that the giving in churches is down when they should be given, but it's down because of that. So it might be a financial crisis that you're going through. I want you to think about your own personal uh, wilderness right now. We are in a place where we are struggling for our lives sometimes, especially during this pandemic. You know, I can tell you, when, we, when the pandemic first happened and when we go outside and go into the store and you put the mask on, my hands have never been so clean in my life. I wash them all the time and as soon as I get in the car, we've got the hand sanitizer right there and John Ace and I share it and we, we rub our hands down. My hands are perfectly clean. They've never been this clean in the 72, 72 years of my life because of what we try to do. But when we go into the stores early on in this pandemic, it was a little bit nerve-wracking to go into a store with a mask on and seeing other people with masks, and some, maybe some didn't have it. But, uh, you know, you didn't know if they had the disease, and you were worried about that. My faith and trust in God, I believed that he was going to protect me and keep me safe, and I praise God to this time. He certainly has, you know. And I'm just doing absolutely well. John East and I are doing well. Our families are well. So I praise God for that. But we are still going through a, a wilderness right now. We're not out of this yet. You're going to find out that a wilderness is just a place for us to detour. It's not some place that we need to live. But when we're there, it does help us grow. When you think about John the Baptist again, John the Baptist had three things going for him during that time that he was ministering 
you know, and proclaiming the good news and the Messiah, the coming Messiah. And, you know, and I can imagine people were trying to tell John the Baptist, oh, be quiet, he's not here, we don't know who he's going to be. And John the Baptist is out there, and he's probably baptizing many people, and as he takes each one, he probably takes them under the water, and he's thinking to himself, is this the Messiah? You know, is this the Messiah? You know, he knew that there was a promise of the Messiah, and he knew that he was the messenger to bring that message forward, but he was probably thinking all this time, you know, is this the Messiah? Is this the person that's going to, is this the one with good news? A lot of us are doing that every day when we wake up. We think, okay, are we going to get a news report today that this COVID thing is over, that it's mysteriously stopped now and everybody can get out and take the mask off and quit, you know, using the hand sanitizer and all those kind of things? You know, that's probably not the news we're going to get. But our, is our faith and our confidence in the news or is our faith and confidence in God's word? Because God's words tells us that we can thrive and grow no matter what we're going through in life. And if we look at the wilderness the way that we should, then we know that we can go. John the Baptist had three things. First of all, he had a purpose. He knew what his purpose was in the wilderness. His purpose was to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, that he was our Savior and our salvation. That was his, his good news. The next thing that he had, he had a proclamation. And, and first of all, let me say, our purpose is the same thing that John the Baptist had. Our purpose is to proclaim Jesus Christ as our Savior and as our personal Lord. And then our purpose is to tell others about this Savior and that they can have the same peace during the pandemic that we have. They can have the same peace during a divided nation that we have because that's our purpose. And so that's what we're all there for. When you look at our purpose and our proclamation, and then we have a God-given plan and promise that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. As I said, John had a purpose, and it was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. He knew that no matter what his circumstance, he was called to prepare God's people for the coming of salvation. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, some great things happening right now during this, this COVID-19. I talked a little bit about the revival that's taken place over in, in the California and up in New York. And this week they've been into to Wisconsin, the same little city that has been devastated recently in the news. They were there holding revival. There were many people that came in to know Jesus Christ the very first time, first time salvations and rededications as well. And then they're going to go to, to Chicago and they're going to go to St. Louis and have those same kind of revivals. So many things are happening right now, good things that are happening. I talked about the Hope Conference, the witnessing to the Muslims, and there's a Hope Conference. It's an online conference, and it's going to be, let me find my, my notes here, it's uh, going to be on September the 10th. If you want more information on these things, you can come and see me or call the church office, and I'll give them to you. But this Hope Conference is an online conference happening on September the, the, uh, the 10th. There's a conference in Houston happening on October the 10th. It's called Revival for Survival. It's several ch churches and, and ministries in the Houston area, greater Houston area, that's going to get together down in Stafford, I believe it is, for one night of Revival for Survival. But there's a lot of prayers going up in between now and then for that conference because Houston is struggling as well. And so 
the, the survival for revival, um, revi revival for survival is happening on October the 10th. There's something called the return happening in Washington, D.C., an all-day event, 9 o'clock in the morning till 9 p.m. that night on, uh, on September the uh, 26th. It's also an online event where it's people are just getting together and praying for our nation to return back to a place of Jesus Christ's name being lifted up. That's happening in Washington, D.C. on September the 26th. One of my favorite things, see you at the poll. I always talk about it when I was in youth ministry. I talked about it all the time. I promoted it. Young people should go to the, the flagpole at their school on Wednesday, September the 23rd. It's going to look vastly different this year because of the COVID. And a lot of schools maybe won't let them get there, but they can still pray the same prayers for their school, for their teachers. I was on a call the other day with a, a, a group called Loving Houston. And our focus during that hour was just a time of prayer for the schools in the greater Houston area. And there was a superintendent from Klein ISD, and I was telling Johnice about this. I don't know if you have any children going to the Klein ISD school district, but that lady, the superintendent, is amazing, a very strong Christian. And she told us about how the schools are going to function this year and that they do need our prayer. So my message to each and every one of you is pray for our schools and for the students this year and, and all the time because they certainly need it. But see you at the poll is happening on September the 23rd. And about uh, three weeks ago, I came across this app and it's called Bless Every Home. And it's a free app and it was on my phone and I looked at it. And what it does, it puts you in your own neighborhood because you give it your name and your address and it puts you on your na own neighborhood. Then it shows you a map of all your neighbors by name of who they are around these different streets in your neighborhood. And then every day you get an announcement from it with a group of names by the individuals and their addresses and a little uh, prayer at the bottom on how you should pray for them. And you pray for them and believe, and if you pray that day for them, then you click it and it updates that you prayed for those people that particular day. And there's an opportunity later on, if you share the gospel with them, you can make a note of that and it knows that there was a, con a, a conversion to Jesus Christ because you shared the gospel. Or if you planted the seed, somebody else will go in and take that seed and bring it to, to fruition. But that's something called bless every home. And I was thinking this is a great opportunity for us to get everybody in our church to start praying for our church family members, you know, by name. You can look around. A lot of you know the names of everybody that's here but we should be praying for every one of our church family members every single day. John East does a great prayer calendar that's out there for the 30 days of prayer, 31 days in some months, but it's a time for us to pray prayers, and not just for our family, but for our church family as well. So regardless of your situation, God has a purpose for you, and your purpose is to proclaim Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ, to take it. You can, like I said earlier, you can do that over the phone. You can make it known to people. You can do that by just sharing your own personal testimony. And so that's our purpose. Our proclamation that we should proclaim, just like John the Baptist did, is that there is good news. Through every wilderness that you're going through, God will take you through it. God will lead you through it. 
and God will make sure that you're better and stronger on the other side of that wilderness. When we get through this COVID thing, whatever time that that might be, and as we as believers, if we don't abandon our faith, and if we keep our focus on God, we're going to be stronger. We are going to be stronger and better equipped to go forward in our own nation and around the world and take the gospel out there. God's promise to us, he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He also tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a, and, and a future. That's God's promise to us. We can certainly go out and proclaim that to everybody that we meet, to tell them that God has a plan and a purpose for them as well. So our purpose going through this right now is to let God take us and grow us. Let God take us and mold us. Perfect time to do that because we can't go to all the places that we once went to, but we can spend time in His Word. We can spend time in prayer during this time. And so it's God's opportunity is to take us and mold us to who He wants to be. Every wilderness that we go through it's the same way. When Jesus Christ went to the wilderness and was tempted, it was a time for him to be molded and grow and, and be, become exactly who God knew that he was, the Son of God and the strength that he had, and to resist the devil on every front so that we could take that message and do the same thing and resist the devil on every single occasion when he brings things up against us. We have a faith, a faith story, a testimony of hope. You need to share it. Tell others. Don't miss an opportunity to share the gospel. I mentioned earlier that, that there's, we see a lot of uh, churches beginning to lose membership and begin, members beginning to go off and do other things. And one reason, too, is because we don't talk about salvation enough. We don't sit there and teach people how to present the gospel, how to evangelize your neighborhood, and how to just reach out to other people and share the good news with them. We should be doing that every day. We should be looking for an opportunity every day to share the good news with somebody and to tell them about Jesus Christ can get them through this pandemic. We have a story to proclaim, and people need to hear it, every one of us. And so I was thinking right now, there's, there's four things that I want to end this with, and, and Stephanie, I just lost my place. I'm not sure where you're at, but if you can get to that four things I want to talk about, in, this, uh, in this, this pandemic time, in the wilderness that we're going through, first, God will always take care of his people during this time of wilderness that we're in. God will always take care of his people. He fed the children of Israel, manna from heaven, water from a rock. If God can do that for them, he can certainly meet every need that we have. You know, we don't need, we're not, you know, the, the wilderness that the children of Israel went through, you know that they were in it for 40 years, but the plan was only for 11 days because of some disobedience of the children of Israel at that time, and they were beginning to mumble, um, to, to murmur and complain and everything. Their intended was for 11 days. That trip should have been an 11-day journey, but it was 40 years. But God still took care of them. God still took care of them. You can look at the manna from heaven and we, he meets our physical needs. When Paul was in his prison wilderness, God set him free. God made a way for the, for the chains to be broken off of him and to go out and he still proclaimed the good news in the prison. No matter what's holding you down, no matter what you're captive to, 
The good news is God's got a way to get you through that. He can break those chains that's holding you down. There might be some addictions. Some people in this room might have a wilderness of addictions that you're struggling with. But just like God took Paul and helped him through the wilderness, his wilderness of prison, he'll do the same thing to you. Joshua. I can see Joshua, and I love Joshua, the character of Joshua, because you know, Moses led the, the children of Israel out of captivity, but it was Joshua that took them into the promised land because of his faithfulness. But I can see Joshua, you know, when God told him, Moses, my servant is dead, now you're going to lead this children into the promised land. And I can see Joshua, and the first thing he has to do is he sees the walls of Jericho. Huge walls, standing right before him. But God says, you know, that's not a problem. These walls are going to come tumbling down. The walls of your wilderness, if you put your trust and your faith and confidence in God, are going to come, to tr come tumbling down. Second, if you remain in the wilderness, you're going to eventually die. God's purpose, you know, God doesn't take us to the wilderness, but he sometimes allows the wilderness to happen because he knows it's a time for us to grow and it's a time for us to flourish. And so we go through these wilderness. But some people, they don't want to put the, you know, pay the price of, of having to read the word and having to, to study and having to, to proclaim Jesus Christ. And so they just want to, they're comfortable in the wilderness that they're in. Even though it's tearing them apart, they're comfortable. I think a friend of mine once said, if you're not, if you're not ripe and growing, you're dead and dying. In the wilderness, we should make a point to say, God, I'm going to focus on you every day. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to worship you every single day so that I can get through this time. And I know when I get through this time, I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to be better than I ever was before. The third thing is the wilderness has but one goal. It's to sift us, to reduce us, and to strip us down. And, I, and we forget about this part, to Christ alone. Our only dependency during any of the wildernesses that we're going through is on Christ. Jesus Christ has paid for everything for us at Calvary. He's paid every price for us. And so the wilderness, if we look at it this way, yes, it's going to strip me down, it's going to, it's going to reduce me, but it's never going to take away my dependency on Jesus Christ because that's what's going to get me through. So that's the time that we grow, the time that we rely upon Him. As I said, it brings us down to Jesus Christ alone. He's the one that can help us. And then the fourth thing, the wilderness is a symbol of new beginnings. So many times we, we don't like to go through wildernesses. I know that. I've been through a few of them in my time. Nobody likes to go through a wilderness. It's a hard, hard time. But it can be a time of victory. And it can be a time of new beginning because as you grow through that and as you put your dependency on God and you let Him mold you into who He wants you to be, and as you begin to share with others of how they can get through their wilderness, then you've got a point in time. There was a, a man that had, had called, the, didn't call, he emailed the church and was talking about water baptism. And, and there's a lot more to the story I'm not going to get into. But, you know, he was asking, you know, I, I, he's very sick, according to him. I, I think now we think it was a hoax, but the message is the same. He, was, he said he was very sick. He can't go to a church to be water baptized. He was, a, you know, he was not a believer. His family were not believers. They were all atheists. 
they didn't believe in a relationship with Jesus Christ or God, but he listened to some televangelist preachers and came to know Jesus Christ. And he was asking about water baptism. He said, I can't go be water baptized. So am I going to go to hell because of that? And I just told him, which even though I, I would have told him the same thing, if he was legitimate or not, I found out later that he's probably not legitimate. He didn't really want to know. But I told him, I said, you know, our water baptism is an outward of expression of a spiritual renewal that takes place in our life. You know, it's, that's what it's for. It's for us, not necessarily for God. It's for us. It shows us a place in time that I was completely surrendered to God. I died to the old man, and I was raised again. If you think of the wilderness that exact same way, when I say that it's a time for new beginnings, when you think of the wilderness, I've gone through it, God took me through it, so now I can look back at this time and say there was a spiritual renewal that took place in my life as I was going through this wilderness. And so I can go through this wilderness and point out that this happened, that this COVID-19 thing, this pandemic, yes, I got through it. I got through it. For the young people that are here, you're going to get through it. I really believe that this is going to be your best year. And you can point back and say, in the year 2021, 20 and 20, how do you say that? 2020 and 2021 was the best school year because God got me through that. Yes, I might miss some of those activities, but God's got other activities for me. So right now, as I close this down, my message to you, and right now, I want you to think about the wilderness in your life, not just the COVID thing, not just the division of our nation, but I want you to think about this time that you're going through right now the personal wilderness that you're going through. We all have them. We all can get through them. And I just want to pray for you right now. And I'm not asking you to stand up as you think about those, but I just want you to focus on God because God is the one that's going to get us through it. Jesus Christ was the message of good news, and he is still the message of good news. He'll get you through it. But I want you to think about the personal wilderness that you're going through right now. And I just want to have a time of prayer for you right now before I turn it back over to Pastor Scott. Father, I do. I thank you for the opportunity to share this message. Father, I thank you uh, for the opportunity for the people to hear this message and to take it in that you've never left us, you've never forsaken us, that you're always with us. God, that you have, your plan is to get us through every wilderness, everything in our life that is trying to bring us down. And Father, in my voice right now, outside my voice right now, there are people going through different things in their life, whether it be finances that they're struggling with or, or relationships or whatever it might be. Father, my prayer right now is that you show them their purpose. You tell them their proclamation, and then you show them the promise that you will never leave them and forsake them. And God, they will get through this. It will be a point in time that they'll look back and say, yes, I've grown. That was a new beginning for me because I came through this wilderness as a newer and a stronger person because of my faith and my confidence in Jesus Christ and his word. And Father, I ask it in Jesus' name. Father, bring peace into their life as they're going through it. For these young people that are here today and watching this by live stream, Father, bring peace into their life for this school term and this school year. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources.